Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 128. Me, Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, and producer Patty P here tonight. We've got plenty to talk about. We've got the weekly dump, and then a lot of Patriots stuff. It's still slow for the rest of the sports. Obviously, no Red Sox. The Celtics, just they just started up their preseason. Not much going on with them. I guess the only real conversation starter right now with the Celtics is whether or not Taco Fall is going to take that last roster spot. A lot of people are saying no. I'm not so sure about that, but we'll talk about that more as we get closer to the season. And then the Bruins off to a red-hot start. We record on Wednesday, October 9th, 6.53 p.m. is when we're starting. So there's going to be some, there's going to be some old news, especially from the weekly dump. Uh, I'm watching the NLDS right now. Jared, and the Braves are getting their balls. Chops. They're getting chopped. This is, and this is like, this isn't in St. Louis. This is in front of their home crowd. Yeah, they're getting demolished against the crowd that was like supportive (laughs) of them. Like, believe this team, this was a World Series contender. Jump on! Jump on! Jump on! We're going to tomahawk everybody. Do it! Jump on! Nah. We're we're going to get off 11 runs in the first inning of the game five. That's fine. If, if If I spent the money to go to the ALDS and watch the Red Sox play whoever I don't care who it is they go to a game five if I had to watch the Red Sox go down 10 to nothing in the first inning I would climb to the top of the monster and jump off head first and this, is, this is how everyone this is like how every Toronto Maple Leafs fan feels I guess right <laughs> <laughs> when they play in the Bruins like yeah but the thing is if I jumped off the monster I don't think I'd be the only one I think a lot of people would be like wow great idea I'm following and yeah. then they would leave. Uh, meet you at the bottom it's game, unreal. Game for the bushes. Right now, right now. So obviously this game's gonna be over. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna know the result by the time this show comes out on Thursday. The Cardinals, I mean, just to kick the piss out of somebody like that in game five, like that shows some balls. And I okay, real quick on the Cardinals. I know a lot of Red Sox fans despise the Cardinals. I've never really understood like i get they've played them in the world series a few times i get there's like somewhat of a rivalry but i just like i can't build it up in myself to be like i hate the cardinals down with the cardinals i can't do it i hate the cardinals do you i see like i just can't do it i don't care about them i I just like i that's what it is for me i just don't care about like what's more what's more sexy what's more attractive the cardinals or the braves well, now not the well Braves, the, the Braves but. because the Braves haven't been good for a while, and the '90s Braves were fun. Yeah, and the Braves, the future home of Mookie Betts. Yeah, hundred percent. But once he gets there, you know they'll be fine. And they you know, just... I read something interesting, but that the Red Sox could potentially pull the Aroldis Chapman situation and deal him, and then sign him anyway. I see the okay. So okay, I guess we're talking Mookie right now. I don't know. I just, I just, you, you, if you, you sparked if, my interest. Sorry. If you, tra- if you trade Mookie, the thing is with this season, I'm I, in my head, the Red Sox are going to come back with either Mookie Betts or they're going to come back with J.D. Martinez. If they trade Mookie Betts, I think they sign J.D. Martinez. And after they sign J.D. Martinez, I don't think they have the room. Well, I don't it's think not signing. He'd just be playing for this year. He'd be opting in for a year. Well, no, it all be, over again next year. I think I think JD is going to opt out. Oh, then he's gone. They won't pay him anymore. Well, no, well, I think he's going to want those. So he's got three years remaining on his deal. I think if he opts out, he's going to be looking for 
those three years guaranteed rather than opt-outs. I think he wants those three years guaranteed, and he's not making much next year. I think he would rather the three years guaranteed, and maybe I think he makes $24 million in 2020 if he opts into the deal. I think he would prefer $24 million for the next two years too because I believe it's 24 next year and then 19 the year after that and 19 the year after that. So I think he would prefer three years guaranteed. I'll stay here if you give me 24, 24, 24. Which if you trade Mookie Betts. You can afford that. Yes. Depending. It's going to be an interesting offseason based on the parameters that they set for themselves. Yep. Because they want to stay under the $208 million base tax threshold in order to reset their luxury tax. Because right now, the way they are going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be getting the max penalty now when they go over the luxury tax they've done it so many times now in a row and they have to reset every couple years um and i think that's what they want to do this year but with the contracts of chris sale with the contracts of david price and even with friggin' nate avaldi with those contracts on the books right now it's going to be tough to do that i heard jim murray from the sports sub say this today which is hysterical i don't know how true it is i didn't look up the tampa bay rays salary but he's probably right the tampa bay rays team salary I want to look this up right now. The Tampa Bay Rays team salary. I did not plan on talking baseball much tonight. Tampa Bay Rays team salary, I believe, is, is he said, $60 million. Oh, they're, the low, they're the lowest payroll in Boston. I mean, baseball. Baseball? I think so. And, oh, and yes, but that makes the Red Sox look like ass because $60 million for your payroll, the friggin' Red Sox owe $60 million next year to your two starting pitchers who are who spent a lot of time on the, the, the IL this year. And who knows what they're going to look like next year. That's enough. That's, I heard that earlier, too. And just the thought of the fact that the entire race team is getting paid as much as two guys are on the Red Sox roster, and they couldn't even sniff the wild card game. Like, it was such a massive disappointment. I didn't think we were going to talk baseball tonight either. But... Th- the fact that that's happening, and, and and this is a good point too, is like, and I've I've seen this a couple times. Every team in the American League, right now, besides maybe the Yankees, that's left, is making the Red Sox season look even worse, because you have the Rays now who have a chance to take out Houston, right? Like they're going back to Houston for Game Five. There's a chance that the Rays stay in it and go to the ALCS to play the Yankees. If it's if Rays the, Yankees, how bad is that looking for the Red Sox? If the Rays are the team that we're depending on to beat the Yankees, to go to the World Series, I'm going to be so upset because the Astros are a juggernaut. The Astros should be kicking the piss out of the Tampa Bay Rays. If you are a Red Sox fan, if you don't want the Yankees to win, you better be rooting for Houston in Game 5. Because as much as I love the Rays and the story and the scrappiness of the team and all that crap, they won't beat the Yankees in seven games. Just won't, and they're gonna have to play the seventh game at Yankee Stadium if that even happens. So, not a chance in hell. The Astros are a better team. The Astros will have home field, right? They're the one seed. So, I'm pulling for Houston. And if you're an anti-Yankee person at all, you better hope Houston w- wins Game Five because Verlander shit on himself in Game Four. Okay, so the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays opening payroll in April. You know what it was? 54. Close. $52 million. <laughs> the Red Sox owe $60 million to, to David guys. Price and to Chris Sale. To two guys who couldn't pitch the entire season. 
the Red Sox pay more money for their two top guys in the rotation than the Rays did on their entire team, and the Rays are a game away from going to the ALCS. And look, and look, here's the deal. In theory, you're a big market team. You should spend the money. I'm okay with that. And yeah, yeah. if they're good, it doesn't matter. Like last year, same situation. Didn't last year they had the highest payroll in the game, right? And they won the World Series. Yes. Fair enough. I think they have the past three years. That's a normal trend. That makes sense. It's just a matter of the fact is you have that same team with a very high payroll and you let a team like the Rays sneak in two years in a row, mind you, because last year they would have been in if you didn't win the 118 games. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, you look at the situation, the Rays are good now and they're not going anywhere. And some of those guys may take less their contracts to keep that team together because they like each other and they get along and they won't be in Tampa much longer anyway. So, yeah, who knows? The, the, the MLB is dragging their asses on that. They got to get that team out of Tampa Bay. Like, the, the fans on Twitter get so upset when you say that. Like, oh, no, we're great fans, and they show the stadium. But even they, they didn't even sell out the stadium, I don't believe, for, for the, no, it was like the, the first full, like, two games of their, the, the their top, playoffs there. The top deck was, like, empty. Yes. So, I mean, like, wait I, a second. There's empty I've, blue seats behind you, dude. You're not, yeah. like, no. If the Red Sox played in that dump, they would fill it. Yeah, they would. And I've talked about this before. I mean, just teams, there's two obvious teams in the East that you could move them to, and it would still be the American League East. You can move them to Nashville, which I think would be a blast. I think people would love that. Or Montreal. Go back to Montreal. Montreal was a fine baseball city. I think if you want to give it a shot somewhere else, though, Nashville is perfect. I think Nashville's prime for baseball. I do, too, because people, I think people who aren't even fans of either team will spend a day. If you're there for a bachelor party, even hell, a bachelorette party, Spend some cheap money on going to a baseball game. And if and think about this, too. Like, your team's going to be in Nashville. Take a weekend and go to Nashville. Yeah, and get the hell out of the drop in Tampa Bay. Get that's, out of there. The fans, dump. look, hey, the fans don't appreciate you, Tampa Bay Rays. They don't. No matter how many of them chirp on Twitter, there's like three people there through the regular season. You guys were a contending wildcard team, a very exciting race at the end of the year. And the fans just didn't show up. Do you remember that guy back in the day when Johnny Damon was still in the Red Sox? Johnny! Yeah. Johnny! <laughs> is that guy still there? Is he still I don't think so. Johnny Damon! Johnny! I assume Johnny, the average, swing, Johnny! Swing! The average lifespan in Tampa Bay? Two years. Maybe ten. Maybe ten years. You, you move there when you're old, and then once you're there, it starts, and then you die within ten years. Johnny! Johnny! All right, well, that's a, that's enough on Mookie Betts. We did not plan to talk about that tonight. Jared, let's get into the weekly dump. <laughs> not Mookie Betts. Boo. Rob Gronkowski has taken a job as a Fox analyst and will be appearing regularly on Fox NFL Sunday. I mean, I can't wait. Look, I <laughs> I like Gronk. A big Gronk guy. Big fan of him. Always have been. The guy can't speak. He's always been a funny guy. He can't speak. He's never been. He's been never been articulate. He's never been fluent in English. He just it's like what's he gonna rough. do? Make, it's, what's he gonna do? Make sixty nine jokes the whole time? See, my guess is they're not gonna actually have him be like a hardcore analyst. They're gonna like they give him. They're gonna be like, give him like segments and skits and it's make him spike a, make him spike like a football or two. Like they're not gonna give him like a desk. Like what do you think of Kyler Murray's run game today? <laughs> like no. Imagine imagine if he was like crazy articulate. And he was like, well, actually, when you look at Kyler Murray, the steps he takes up the field, just check it. Just look at the way that he moves his hips left and right. OK, you can tell that he works on this. You can tell that he practices You're like, where the know, hell is that? Thing? And in articulate Gronk speaking of, did you see his statement? Yes, not him. 
unbelievable that they tried to pass this off as Rob Gronkowski, even him writing it. When he writes things on like on Twitter and Instagram, you can tell you can tell that he's writing them because it doesn't make sense. The the grammar is horrific. The statement quote for past for past twenty five years. Okay, I guess there should have been a V. For past 25 years, they've offered viewers top-notch NFL programming from the field to the booth to the studio. Their deep talent roster is unmatched, which was important for me as I embark on this new chapter in my life. Yeah, no. Uh, the fact that they tried to pass it off as like legitimate Rob Gronkowski is hysterical. If any word at all gives it away, it's embark. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or unmatched. I, as I, as I embark on this journey. No, it's I can't fucking wait to get excited. <laughs> like, yeah, a deep talent roster. He wouldn't say that. Uh, the Chiefs, they went down to the Colts on Sunday, leaving just the Patriots and the Niners as the two lone remaining undefeated teams in football. The 49ers kept their perfect season alive by demolishing the Browns on Monday Night Football, and we're going to get to that score shortly. Ellen DeGeneres, I hate this story because the internet and society is so friggin' soft. It's disgusting. I hate society today. I'm just, I'm just so sick of the sensitivity and just the outrage. Uh, outrage culture in society today sucks. Ellen DeGeneres had to put out a statement because the internet and society sucks was the first sentence I wrote. Ellen was shown during the the weekend's Packers-Cowboys game sitting with President George W. Bush. People reacted as you'd expect, and she put out a video saying that just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that you shouldn't be friends with them. Be kind to not just people who agree with you. Unreal that she even had to say anything because she was sitting next to George W. Bush, who's a Republican, obviously. So stupid. I People who get mad at that don't, like, don't be friends with me. I don't, I, I, I'm not gonna, I did that's, that's just, that's intolerable. It's funny. The people who are mad at Ellen, I'm assuming want everybody to be tolerant of everything, but then at the same time, they're intolerant. Yeah. America's soft. Let's just call it what it is. It's like, you can't be intolerant with that. Like I like tolerance is key in today's day and age is be tolerant, be tolerant. Somebody's got a different opinion though. Let it be. Just let it be. If they're not being assholes about it, neither they were just watching a football game. We she has to come out and make a statement together. Let it go. Let it's, it go. It sucks. It sucks. Uh, Kevin Durant says that playing for the Knicks isn't cool anymore, which is hysterical. So obviously, you remember last year uh, there were a lot of rumors going around that Kevin Durant was going to play and go sign with the Knicks along with Kyrie. Uh, Kevin Durant talked about that this week um, in an interview with Hot ninety seven in New York, and. We're talking about the Knicks. He said, it's hard to get the best players to play for the Knicks. It's hard. I think a lot of fans look at the, look at the Knicks as a brand and expect these younger players who, in their lifetime, don't remember the Knicks being good. I saw the Knicks in the finals, but the kids coming up after me didn't see that. So that whole brand of the Knicks to them is not cool anymore. It's not cool to them, excuse me, as, say, a Golden State Warriors or even the Lakers or the Nets now. First of all, KD, the Nets are not a cool franchise, so it's just don't don't pump their tires. The cool <laughs> thing right now is not the Knicks, which I mean, he's right. Like you, you what free agent this is what we kept saying last year? What free agent would want to go play for the Knicks? No one. James and Dolan. As long James as James Dolan, Dolan owns the team, they're never going to be cool again. Like yeah, look, j- it's just ridiculous. The Knicks, the Knicks should attract players. They're in the heart of New York City. They play at Madison Square Garden, and it's the damn Knicks. It should be Celtics Knicks, for, and it's just not. So it should be Celtics. I mean, the top franchises when I think of them are Celtics, Lakers, Golden State. I guess because of what they've done over the past few years. But even just like the uh, lore of like driving players, like it's Lakers, Celtics, Knicks. Like those are the three big franchises that shouldn't have a problem drawing drawing players. Which is crazy because the Celtics do kind of have a problem drawing players. They don't anymore. 
That it yeah, they did for a little while. I mean, they did. I mean, they obviously landed Kemba I mean, until Al Horford signed. No free agent really did sign. Like yeah. until Al Horford came here. I mean, they was, they had to trade to get Kevin Garnett, and who Becky, didn't want to well, come here. I mean, granted, he kind of chose to come here because they had to waive the no trade clause. But free agent signing, Al Horford was the first real one. Well, Kevin, and I put Kevin Garnett next to Gordon Hayward because he's playing for his former coach. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, the Red Sox have reassigned pitching coach Daniel Evangie to a pro scouting role after this season's debacle. Starting pitching ranked 20th in baseball with a 4.95 ERA. Total pitching ERA was 19th at 4.70, uh, according to Nick Qualia of CLNS Media. The Redskins have fired head coach Jay Gruden after an 0-5 start. Uh, so Jay Gruden, pathetic start this year with the Redskins. The Redskins... The Redskins became very comparable to the to the Dolphins, I guess. I think that's who they're playing this weekend. It's going to be an old crap bag showdown, Redskins Dolphins. Um, the Washington Redskins. This comes from Sports Illustrated. The Washington Redskins announced that head coach Jay Gruden has been fired after an 0-5 start to the 2019 season, according to the Washington Post. Gruden was summoned by owner Daniel Snyder and team president Bruce Allen to the team's facility in Ashburn at five o'clock in the morning Monday morning and was informed of the decision. Imagine getting woken up at 5 a.m. by your boss, like, "Hey, come to the office. Great, you're fired. Get out of the office." I saw. I read earlier they told him. The night before that, he wanted them to be in at 5 a.m. So he went when they got back. He went to the stadium at like midnight, started cleaning out his office, and like just slept there. And then woke up for the meeting, got fired, then packed all the and then went home. I mean, not a bad move. Not a bad move. And I, like, guess, I, knew, I knew it was coming, so like I just went to the stadium and packed. And it's it's not even it's not even really the point that like Jay Gruden he he wasn't a great coach at this point with this team. It was time for a change, but. I mean, they didn't put the talent around him, but the I mean, Redskins suck. To be fair, Jay Gruden was never set up for success because of the team he's coaching for. Like, yeah, and, he'll get on and another Dan coaching Snyder's... staff, and he'll probably have another chance to coach as a, like a head coach. But Dan, as long as you work for Dan Snyder, it's not a, it's not a coaching thing. It's it's an organizational thing. The Redskins are doomed as long as Dan Snyder owns the team. Yeah, and Dan Snyder is just it's he's one of the he's, I mean, we just talked about James Dolan. He's one of the worst owners in sports going. Yeah, by far. Like, you can keep owning the Cavs. That's fine. But just don't own the football team anymore. Thanks. Bye. MLB playoff update. The Yankees have already moved on to the ALCF after sweeping the Twins, who are just – the Twins shouldn't even be allowed to play in the playoffs anymore. They should be allowed to play in the regular season, fine. But if they make the playoffs, they're not allowed to play. Just get rid of them. I think they've lost 15 out of the past 16 games, or is it 15 games in a row? It's pathetic, whatever it is. Yeah. They got swept by the Yankees in embarrassing fashion. The Dodgers and Nationals, Astros and Rays and Cardinals and Braves are all playing for a game five to see who goes to their respective championship series. Uh, as of right now, we record the Cardinals are, like we said at the start of the show, ripping apart the Braves right now, 13 to one. And I believe the sixth thing. It's actually kind of embarrassing. Yes. Uh, and then NFL score updates. We used to do this. We are going to bring it back real quick before we jump into the main topics of the show. Uh, even though we already kind of hit on a main topic, I guess, with Mookie Betts. On Thursday Night Football last week, the Seahawks beat the Rams 30-29. to Russell Wilson put on a show. The Eagles' defense destroyed the Jets. Eagles went 31-6. Panthers 34-27. Kyle Allen continues to roll. Vikings beat the Giants 28-10. Kirk Cousins was bullied by Adam Thielen to throw him the football, and he threw the football to him a lot. Uh, the Texans beat the Falcons 53-32. to Deshaun Watson threw a million touchdown passes to Will Fuller. And, of course, not DeAndre Hopkins, my fantasy receiver. Uh, Saints 
beat the Bucks 31-24. Bills 14-7 over the Titans. Cardinals 26-23 over the Bengals. Patriots beat the Redskins 33-7. After the Patriots went down 7-0 to start the game, the Ravens beat the Steelers 26-23. Mason Rudolph quarterback was knocked out in the game with a very scary hit. Uh, the Raiders beat the Bears. The Raiders beat the Bears. The Bears my, was my Super Bowl pick team from the NFC, 24-21. Broncos beat the Chargers, 20-13. Packers took down the Cowboys, 34-24. Sunday Night Football, Colts took down the Chiefs, ending their undefeated season, 19-13. And then the Browns got torn apart, limb by limb, by Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Jimmy. They lost. They lost Jimmy, 31-3. Jimmy, to Jimmy, Jimmy. OBJ looked like ass. Baker Mayfield looked like ass. The entire offense for the Browns looked like ass. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. And that was the weekly dump. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. All right, so let's roll it over into the Patriots news of the week. Again, there's really not much more going on other than the Patriots. Um, the the Bruins did start. There was some news with the Red Sox this week, but the Patriots have a lot to talk about. So Ben Watson signed, I believe, in May with the Patriots. And it made a lot of Patriots fans excited because he started his his career, really, with the Patriots. And there were some fond memories with him. He's a very talented tight end, now 38 years old. And they could have activated him this week. He was suspended for four games, the first four games of the year for PEDs. And the Patriots elected on Monday not to activate him, which means he's now a free agent. And now the Patriots are left with Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste as their tight end options. <laughs> so with that, I mean, why why do you think they got rid of Ben Watson? It's just free up money to potentially get wide receiver help. Now, I think at the beginning of the season, Nick, this plan was legitimate because I don't think the Patriots were just going like, yeah, let's bring you back. Let's, you know, you're okay. You're going to get suspended. Just go on. The, we'll like, they're not going to be like, okay, then we're going to release you after your suspension. Like, and, and Ben Watson said he, like, he wants to play again. So some team will probably crap. Him. But you look at the Patriots situation. He was going to be the clear cart. Number one, you know, he could still catch balls. You know, there was proof that later in this career, he was able to catch footballs easier. Like he was getting becoming more of a pass catch threat later in his career, especially when he played with Drew Brees. The Patriots could have used him. Patriots need him. But I think when the Patriots signed him, their initial thought was, well, he's going to be a bottom feed factor and we don't need any more help because we have Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Dorsett, um, all these guys. The receiving core is now dwindling. They need help there. And Ben Watson now is becoming a costly problem because if they kept Ben Watson, they can't afford to go trade for A.J. Green, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, TBD, Tyler Eifert, whatever. So, okay, so, I mean, you, you listed off the receivers there. Stephon Diggs, I'm ruling off completely. I don't think Stephon Diggs. Mo Chanel is just not a real. I've been saying this for weeks now. The guy is not, admittedly, not a real reporter. Stephon Diggs was never available from the Vikings. The Vikings were never looking to trade him. That was a fake report. The Patriots are no, not. They'd be stupid. They're one, the Vikings are one quarterback from being, like, heavy Super Bowl favorites by being a great team and yeah. they just got that boob Kirk Cousins throwing the ball again ruining my damn fantasy football team except for this past week um but with Ben Watson you're right they cut him I think it's a big money reason 
because Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo obviously cost nothing. With at the time they had two million dollars, I believe, in cap space, and once they cut Ben Watson, that opens it to about four. And and Tyler Eifert only cost like one. So the thing is, I'm not interested in Tyler Eifert. I he hasn't been great over the past couple of years. That could be a product, I guess, of his quarterback situation. Andy Dalton, I don't think, is terrible by any means, but he's not good. Um, and who it's knows? The Bengals could... aren't good, though. Like, yeah, that's the point. The Bengals are terrible. He could flourish when he gets here, but I like the the other the other options are sexier to me. And it's Emmanuel Sanders and AJ Green. Those well, that's are... not going to happen because sexier doesn't happen. Well, those two. I mean, we. I mean, sexy was Antonio Brown. I mean, the only one I'll give you is sexy was Josh Gordon because they did this oh, last that, year. Yes, they, that was last hot. year they traded for Josh Gordon. And man, was that hot? That was that was just sexy. As so fuck. it's and it worked. So it, it it opens up to four million dollars in cap, and in doing so, according to Philly Perry on I, Tom E. Curran's Patriots Talk podcast, the Patriots would need after prorated rates. The Patriots would need about $5 million for Emmanuel Sanders, and they would also need, I believe, the number $6 million for A.J. Green. Actually, I've got that written down. I don't know why I'm saying I believe. I can just look it up. Yep, $5 million cap hit for Emmanuel Sanders and $6 million cap hit for A.J. Green. So with $4 million, the NFL cap, it's not like the NHL cap. It's very maneuverable. You can make that happen. If you want to free up an extra million dollars, you can do that. You can cut somebody if you have to. Cut a couple special teamers that you don't need, like Jordan Richards. Do whatever you need to do. You can get that money. So if you want to make that deal, if you can make that deal, you can get a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, who people forget when he was a restricted free agent, the Patriots put in a contract offer on him. Didn't they try to trade for him, too, at one point? I think they tried to before, but they— Well, because he was with the Steelers before that. Yeah. I think that's when they tried to trade for him. Well, when he became—okay, maybe. I think—okay, I think you're right. And then when he was with the Broncos, he was a restricted free agent, or he was the Steelers. No, it was both. It was both times because I think they tried. He tried this trade for him when he was with the Steelers, and then the year after he was an RFA, they put in a sheet in, and then he didn't. Yeah. He ended up going back to Pittsburgh for the last year, and then he bolted. Yeah. Okay. So that's what it was. It was probably when he was with the Steelers. But the Patriots have tried to get this guy before, and he's. I think he's already shown this year that he's still a very he's talented fine. receiver. Oh, and, and he won't be the and he, and he won't be number one here, so he'll be fine. No, and at five million dollars. Like that is, you can you, you can make that happen. So if the Patriots want to get in another very viable receiver, they can do it. They can bring in Emmanuel Sanders, AJ Green, another sexy option. That guy can <laughs> play some fucking football. Is he healthy though? That's that's my concern with the AJ Green. I think yes, I do because honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that he's on the Bengals, I genuinely think he'd be playing right now. Um. I think they're they're he's being super careful. He's saying that he doesn't want to come back till he's 100. percent Now we've heard all the crap about AJ Green, like the oh, I want to be Larry Fitzgerald. I want to play for one team. I want to bring honor and sincerity to the Cincinnati Bengals. F off, <laughs> f off the Cincinnati Bengals. You've you've never won a playoff game. Like, are you kidding me? At least Larry Fitzgerald went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I think that if. The trade was right. I don't think AJ. I don't think AJ Green would have a problem going to the Patriots. Like yeah, hey said, AJ. Um, do you want to go play Bengals. for Tom? Do you want to go play for Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl, or do you want to stay in the Cincinnati Bengals organization when AJ Andy Dalton gets traded? And by the time that this team even comes close, comes close to being Super Bowl contenders, he's going to be long gone. If that ever happens, he will be long gone. In a walker. So I he guess using a walker, he might be dead. He might, might die of might, natural causes when he's old. Might 
be off the face of the earth. He might he might physically be put into the ground or cremated. I don't know what this guy wants but to do he, when he but dies. If he has, but if he has his wishes, either way, with the Cincinnati Bengals allure, he's going to be put to rest at the Bengals stadium because he, he's going to have that big of an impact on that organization. No, yeah, you're right. He wants the Bengals allure. Look, I think I think in the end, the Patriots getting rid of Ben Watson, I think they did that with the idea and the intent to bring in a receiver. I don't think this is just something that they just did to free up money just for no reason. I think they did this with the idea of something coming potentially down the pipeline. And the thing is with Ben Watson, too, is he became less of a need. At the start of the season, it seemed like you needed tight ends. Like you, you, There was nothing in that position. This past weekend against the Redskins, Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste both finally showed up. Ryan Izzo caught a touchdown pass absolutely wide open. I have no idea. No, no one was near him. I have no idea how they just forgot he existed. You, and you he could also could have caught that ball. Producer Patty P could have caught that ball. <laughs> and he also caught a, a, a pass that brought him back. Uh, pretty, I don't know if it was a bad throw by Tom Brady, but not a great throw. And he made a pretty spectacular catch there, too. So it looked like they, the necessity for Ben Watson was no longer there. And at the money that he was being paid, it didn't make sense to keep him on the roster. So with that, now you free up the money and you can go and get a guy for Tom Brady to throw to. Because look at the receiver depth, Jared. It's ass. Philip Dorsett's going to miss the game. Now what happens if Josh Gordon goes down? You only have Julian I mean, Edelman to throw to and Jacoby Myers? The entire Giants team is missing the game, so they're not worried about Thursday. Let's be fair here. Like That's true. No one's playing. <laughs> Saquon's not playing. Engram's not playing. Evan, Evan uh, so Shepard's not play him, playing. Like No one's playing. Their backup running back's not playing either. They're on their third string running back. Like The, the, the spread's 15 and, like, and a half for a reason. Come on. Don't worry about Evan, Thursday. Evan they're Ingram, home. Evan Ingram, their tight end, is the only receiving threat that I was even potentially worried about. And... He's down. Yeah. I, Evan Engram, by the way, becoming huge in fantasy football. Him not playing actually made my fantasy decision easier because I thought about sitting him, considering the page would have just taken him out of the game. But nope, don't worry about it now. He's not playing, so it's fine. Yeah, well, I'm 0-5 now, so I don't want to talk much more about fantasy. Well, okay. Uh, two things with this. One, back to the back talk of being spread across fields. If I was a professional athlete, just saying, I would be. I'd want to be spread across every field I ever played for. Like that. That would be the way to go. What? Are you talking about being cremated? Yeah, be cremated and spread myself across every play. Spreading everybody on fields. Yeah, I want to be in the infield of Fenway Park if I played for the Red Sox, 100%. Like, if I'm Xander Bogarts down the road, sprinkle me where no more stood. Sprinkle me where I made all my money. That's perfect, right there. Yeah, and then if I'm a player, I'm never diving again. You think I'm going to want to dive in dead person ash? You'd be so, it'd be so worthy. You have Xander Bogarts all over me. Great I don't, Xander, I don't, I, listen, Xander Bogarts, handsome man. I don't want him all over me. I don't. In Cleveland, the dog pound, you get Baker Mayfield all over me. Right? <laughs> well, well, who knows if that's actually going to work <laughs> out because, dude, he looked bad. He looked and, I mean, to be fair on Baker, to be fair. He had a terrible coach and a terrible O-line, man. The it's offensive not, line was just not there. Look, he <laughs> needs a new head coach, first of all, because people are crapping on what happened last year. He played really well last year with, with what I don't even know what his name was, the guy who took over as interim head coach. Like, Freddie, they Freddie just, Kitchens has no idea what he's doing. Like, why didn't they just keep him? Like, why Freddie Kitchens? Like, this yeah, is absolutely. exactly. Well, like, because Freddie, he, him and Freddie Kitchens and Baker got along real well. But Baker but that can't, doesn't Baker mean you make him realize that Freddie can't coach. Like, keep him on the staff, whatever. Make <laughs> him his so best bad. friend. Make him his pen pal. I don't care. Why is he your head coach? Oh, my God. It's so bad. And he looked like he was in awe. He, like, 
when he's oh, on the sideline, he doesn't the podiums like, even. Like if you listen to his post game after that game, it's a, you know, yeah. <laughs> Football, am I right? But sports, man. Like it didn't look <laughs> didn't look pretty. Real Sorry, tough game. A lot of tackling out game. there. A lot, of, a lot of tackling. Um, yeah, no, we didn't play great. Uh, sports, am I right? Cleveland. It looks like he looks no. like a fan that took Rough. out of the audience, put a big orange sweatshirt on, and just stuck on the sideline. Yeah, like, he no, does well, not look like a coach, and he's not. Co- it doesn't look like he's even coaching. No, not doing a thing. And I mean, I feel so foolish for believing in the Browns at the start of the year. How in the world did I ever think that the the egos of OBJ and Baker Mayfield? Well, I don't know if they're. I don't think they're clashing necessarily. That that doesn't exist well on a team. That doesn't work. So what's the spread when the Browns come to down? Like twenty? I don't know, but I'm pissed. I'm going to that game. I didn't want to go to that game anymore. No, you do. You, you want to go watch that game in person. You want to go watch that throttling. I think I'd rather go to the Cowboys game if I had the chance. Go to the Browns game. You'll enjoy it. You'll have a good time. I think I would like watching yeah, the Cowboys. Though. He'll get a little bit, get a little tipsy, yell at Baker all day. It can be a fun time. But see, I'm a big Baker guy, but I've just yeah. fallen off the Baker train recently because, I mean, like Monday night was embarrassing. Not good. Jay, I, you know, you know what train I'm full on? No, give me some Jimmy Garoppolo, man. That dude. Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. Only two undefeated quarterbacks left in the league, man. But Jimmy no, didn't even look that great. He looked he looked like a fine quarterback. I mean, the run game for them really uh, – the the Browns could not stop crap, but that run game for the 49ers, and same thing for the Colts running all over the Chiefs. We're going to talk about that in a second. The The Colts running all over the Chiefs. I mean, Jesus Christ. The Chiefs the, – the Chiefs – if you're game plan against the Chiefs offensively, just give whoever that fuck you want the ball and just have them run it straight up the middle because they're not going to stop you. I wish the Patriots could do that. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, look, Sony Michelle actually looked good this weekend, too. Yeah. Um, again, fantasy football, the week I trade him, he finally scores points. Um, okay, so Tom Brady does not seem happy with the Ben Watson decision. Why would he be? So that was my question. Do you think he's actually pissed about this? So reading the transcript from yesterday's presser, so today again, October 9th, uh, him and Bill Belichick both had their pressers on Tuesday. Uh, with the game coming up on Thursday. And Tom's response with question, with Watson gone, are you more comfortable now with Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste being able to fill that position? Tom Brady, quote, I'm the quarterback, so I don't make those decisions. Whoever's out there, that's who I've got to play with. If he actually <laughs> if he actually was okay with the departure of Ben Watson, I, th- I think he would be a little bit more clear, but this is the one that tells me this next question and answer is the one, are the ones that tell me that he's actually pissed. Question from the beginning of the season to now have those guys improved. Have you seen things in Lacoste and Izzo that make you more comfortable with them? Tom Brady. Yeah. Those guys, they're competing hard. It's like, they're trying. Yeah. Good job. Good effort. I think they're trying. It's literally the next line. Like and I that think, hasn't been I think, there. I think they're doing their best. No, it's literally, literally, no, Nick, That what that says, yeah, they're trying hard, <laughs> yeah. I think. I don't know. They're doing They're doing the best they can. I think they're trying. It looks. Does it look like they're trying to you? It kind of does to me. Are they playing football? And Matt hasn't been out there as much as we all would have wanted, certainly what he would have wanted. Ryan's done quite a few things for us. Again, I think part of the reference to practice earlier is we're trying to get out there and utilize the reps we can in practice. Talk about things, communicate through the things that come up in practice so that, again, we can execute when we need to in the game. I mean, that right there. Like, it's, there's no compliments. He's not – if that one's more – that one's easier where 
the Ben Watson question, he's not just going to trash Belichick openly, but for the decision to get rid of Ben Watson, we know that he likes to play with veteran players too. We know he doesn't like to play with young guys who he has to, who had, he, at this point in his career, that he's going to have to learn with, that he's going to have to teach, that he's going to have to build relationships with. He'd rather have a guy like Ben Watson who he already has a rapport with. Now, Ryan Izzo and uh, Matt Lacoste, that statement says it right there. If, they, if he was happy with those two being his tight end options, He'd yeah, sort of be like, yeah, they're great. I like having them here. But instead, he's like, yeah, they're trying. Yeah, they're doing their best. Yeah, that's all we can ask is just them try hard. <laughs> yeah. So they're no, putting, he's they're, not. Put, they're putting the pads on one step at a time. And he sounded, they can dress themselves. That's good. He yeah. has sounded like this since they, since they got rid of Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think he's still bitter about the Antonio Brown thing. And now, and today, Antonio Brown's like, hey, man, if you guys follow the Patriots, tell them to hit me up because they got to pay me anyway, so they might as well let me earn it. That guy's so stupid. He's oh, on the Patriots doorstep now, begging to come back. I mean, I mean, I think he finally, I think he understands that. I, I think he, I think he believed that once the Patriots let him go, there would be more of a market out there for him. Nope, because everyone looked at that situation and said, "Well, if the Patriots couldn't figure it out." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's. I'm trying. I want to. I want to pull. And that's why out. now. I'm even more like, great, let's just bring in AJ Green or Emmanuel Sanders. Like maybe, maybe three fourths of the talent and less of a headache. And the thing is, you can work well with AJ. Well, AJ Green is also a phenomenal player. But if you can bring one of those guys in, he's less of a head case. He'll work fine with the Patriots. And you know Tom Brady will enhance him anyway. So here's the video from Antonio Brown, which again is just it's laugh out loud funny. Hey, yeah, you guys follow the Patriots, tell them call me. They still got to pay me, so might as well let me earn it. XFL never does. That was not even in the course. They're already paying me, so might as well make me earn it. And then, nah, XFL, fuck that. I mean, a- Antonio, first of all, you're suing the team, so I think you've already burned that bridge. And second of all, the team, there is no chance in hell that this team brings Antonio Brown back. None. Why no chance they let him go that. for a certain reason. If they wanted him on the team and they didn't care about all the stuff that's been happening, they never would have released him. He would have played. He'd still be playing. Like, they're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. That's why they're in the market for all these other guys. The guy was a nutcase. That's what it came job. down to. When you brought this guy in, you knew that he was a nutcase. But the Patriots being the Patriots and the fan base being the fan base was like, the Patriots can fix this guy. He will be fine. Look at Randy Moss. Everybody was making Randy Moss comparisons. People forget Randy Moss was a diva, kind of an asshat. Before Not he got the But he wasn't. Like, Antonio Brown was doing some crazy-ass things. He's got rape allegations against him. He's got sexual assault allegations against him. And the first set, by the way, I want to I know why the Antonio Brown allegations, for whatever reason, people would just keep on saying sexual assault, sexual assault, sexual assault. When talking about the Antonio Brown allegations, can we just call it what it is? He's being accused of rape. I yeah. never understood why people are trying to soften the blow by just calling it sexual assault. No, it's it's rape. He's be, he's being accused of rape. Now again, it's allegations. We don't know if it's true, and if it's not true, it's fucked up. I still kind of sit on the side where when you read through everything, it's it's kind of a it's it's a soft story, which I don't I'm I do not ever 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 ever. Go against the victim because in my head, when there's somebody accusing you of this type of thing, like, why would you do that? But it's go and read the story and make your own decision here. 
it's a weird cause, but he's being accused of rape. So the fact that people were just kind of softening the blow and just not, they wouldn't, they weren't using the R word. That's the thing. And again, it's an allegation. We don't know if it's true and make that very clear. We do not know if it's true. So do not call the guy a rapist until it is proven that he is a rapist. But, but the fact that this guy even just has this entire story going on behind him, the Patriots should have just kept a mile. I mean, the Patriots, this story came out when he was a Patriot, but once this stuff started to come out, it's not the Patriot way. The Patriots do not put up with this kind of drama behind a player. They just well, they, they were right to let him go. And I think they were also right to bring him in. I think we talked about it when they signed him. Great. Give it a shot. But it didn't stop. Nothing changed. And he said, they're like, all right, bye. See you. We don't need you. That, that was what it was. That was the, this is the way they should have played it. No, Patriots wanted him. Give him a chance. Didn't work out. You're not coming back. Get over it. You had a chance. You were in our clubhouse. You played a game for the Patriots. Hope you enjoyed it. Smell you later. All right. Moving on from Tom Brady being unhappy. We only got a few minutes left in the show. The Chiefs lost this week. Hmm. Pretty hmm. pretty bad. And I know that there were a lot of injuries on the Chiefs side. Patrick Mahomes uh, had his ankle rolled up on. Patrick Mahomes uh, did not look great after that. But he also had no mobility, which is his big, which is really his big talking point, which is really his big key. Uh, no mobility. But the Chiefs did end up losing to the Colts in 19-13. to Best tweet I saw all week was, uh, you know, the the image of Brady uh, Belichick sipping the orange juice that goes around everywhere and will never die. And basically the tweet just said, uh, Bill Belichick training Jacoby Brissett to the Colts, knowing years later he'll beat the Chiefs and give him home field advantage throughout <laughs> the playoffs and run to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, like, are there any teams? So the Chiefs are still a very viable team in the AFC. I think they are a threat to the Patriots. It's cha- it's Patriots-Chiefs again. Like, that's what we're on the clash. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to overreact, but you look at the rest of the AFC after this weekend, after the first five weeks, and just time to evaluate. The Ravens looked like a legitimate threat. But not anymore. They beat crap back teams to start. Now they're losing. Lamar yep. Jackson's came down back, came back down to earth. Their defense, the Ravens defense, I think people are just kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt because it's the Ravens. They've been known for their defense for quite a while. Their defense stinks. It's not this good. year. Stinks. The Colts, all due respect to Jacoby Brissett, I am not scared of the Colts in the in the slightest. Their I think defense, they'll make the playoffs though. Like the Colts I think they will be in too. the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think they will too. I wouldn't be shocked if they if they win their division because I think that division's wide open. Um, and they were probably the favorites without with Andrew Luck. Like yes. I think they were the favorites to win with Andrew Luck there. Yeah, and Jacoby Brissett's proven now to be serviceable. So the Colts, but I'm not I'm not worried about Jacoby Brissett led Colts team beating the Patriots. I don't think they're a legit threat. The Houston Texans, please get your asses in the playoffs. You're gonna get rolled. No chance. Followed by the Patriots again. Yep. Yes. No chance. They are the they are just choke artists. Uh, Minshew came back down to earth this week. Jaguars, no. Titans, I am not going to buy a team with Marcus Mariota uh, at the quarterback spot. If they had a quarterback. They're like the Vikings. If they had a quarterback, I'd give them more credit. Yes, and the Bills are the Bills. Whatever, push They'll them aside. Playing. They'll stop playing well eventually. It's the Patriots and it's the Chiefs. And the thing is with the Patriots, the Chiefs are the last legitimate threat in my mind. And the thing is with the Patriots, though, and compared with the Chiefs last year, you look back at last year, the Patriots' offense I don't think has lost much, if anything, at the offense on the offensive side of the ball. So you go back to the AFC Championship game where they scored 37 points. I think they could do that again on this Chiefs defense, which doesn't look good. If anything, they look worse than they so did they last. They got worse, to be honest. So the Patriots can put that up again, and the Chiefs scored 31 points on the Patriots. But the thing is now, Jared, the Patriots defense looks like 
potentially the best in football. See, they, I think the Patriots defense, I mean, by numbers it is. And it's being compared to, like, the old Bears defenses. Like, it's being legitimately put up they're against some of them. stacked. Yeah, they're stacked. And, look, this defense is a little older, right? So, like, they got to win now because you got the McCourty twins. The Hightower's not getting any younger. Collins isn't getting any younger. Like, you have Stephon Gilmore's not getting any younger, right? Like, he's not that old. But you, you're getting to the point now where this defense is locked and loaded. The, the Patriots are going to be the one seed because I think one, you have the easier schedule and two, the Chiefs just coughed up a game. They couldn't afford to cough up. No. And you know what? They'll probably lose another one. The Chief, the Colts built the game plan against the Chiefs, run the ball on them, run the yeah. ball up the middle because they can't stop it. Seriously. And now that, you have the, that's Patriots. the Patriots won in the AFC championship. hundred percent. Tony Michelle went off. And, and I mean, going last year, the pack half of the season, they were running first team, the Patriots. Like, Brady didn't do that much last year. Sonny Michel had a career year. I mean, obviously, it was his rookie year, but, like, he went off last year. The for best this year team. of his life. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best year of his football career. <laughs> Guy's going to the Hall of Fame off that year. Uh, look, the Patriots are better than the Chiefs. I don't think they were last year. They actually are on paper better than the Chiefs this year. Yeah, and- I I don't know if they were even better than them. I think they were very equal last year. If well, anything, they were the Chiefs, Chiefs should have won. The Chiefs should have went to the Super Bowl. They didn't. They, that yeah. last year was their chance. This year, the Patriots are actually a legit fourteen and two, thirteen and three team. Last year, they were they were a legit eleven and five team, and still went to the Super Bowl and won. So, it's the Patriots to lose. They're not going to do that. I don't know who I'd rather play in the NFC. We're already talking this because it's the way we are. But until someone proves to me otherwise, I know the Patriots haven't played great teams. Realistically, this is, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're blowing out crap bag teams, and their defense is looking dominant doing it. And that's all you can ask with the schedule. And their tests are coming too. So we're gonna have to. We're gonna obviously have this conversation again. We're gonna see how they're actually gonna look when they play guys like the Eagles, like the Dallas well, after, Cowboys. After the bye week, it's like it's Eagles, Cowboys, um, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs. Like all those teams are like right after the bye. Yes. So they're gonna be eight zero, and then see who else. And they're gonna then and then they're gonna have real legit competition. But I mean, as of right now, there are no good teams other than the Chiefs and the Patriots in the AFC that I buy into. I'm not again. I'm not gonna buy into the Bills. God no, God no. You, you you see what you did to the Bills? Like I know it was a defensive game because the Bills defense is good. Offense is putrid, putrid. Oh, the the Bills offense is disgusting. Putrid. And just like I just I just cannot get over the lack of defense from the Chiefs. Not Marlon good. Mack ran all over them, and Marlon Mack's had an up and down year. He ran all over them, 132 yards on 29 carries. The guy was unbelievable. And just going back to the Patriots' defense, I mean, the linebacking core, the boogeymen is what they're oh. calling themselves. Tim McCourty, Dante something. Hightower, Dante Hightower, who looks much better than he did last year. He looks he's much quicker. He's, he's healthy. Well, yeah, you remember the start of last year where he looked slow, and he kind of looked like he was getting old. This year it looks like Dante Hightower. Well, didn't it Dante like... Hightower, didn't, didn't he go TV twelve this year? Oh, I not, don't know. Not to give him a plug. No, he did. He, no, he, he did two. He I know he did two years ago because I remember where he t- when he I think he tore his shoulder was the injury when he tore his shoulder. Everybody was like, "Not a good look." <laughs> oh, <laughs> not right. good luck because he tried to make a tackle with I believe his left arm, uh, whatever arm it was, and he and he tore his shoulder. Um, but no, the the. I don't see any legitimate threat in the AFC to the Patriots other than the Chiefs. And I think the Patriots are just a better team. And it all comes down to this Patriots defense because they're just elite. There's so much depth going all the way around from the pass rush. The Patriots pass rush this year has been so much fun to watch. Matt Patricia, go screw. 
His defense was so hard to watch. That Ben don't break, Ben don't break. Now the Patriots are like, Winovich, get after the quarterback. Snap your ass. Jamie Collins, revitalize Jamie Collins. The Jamie Collins that we remember from the Patriots, go get his ass. Jamie Collins is on pace right now to be the defensive player of the year. One thing that that gets me, and something that we could even consider to declare money, like we're having this conversation, Michael Bennett has been in and out. And he hasn't really been a factor. Like, they don't need him. Like, which no. is nuts because when they tried it for Michael Bennett, dude, I was stoked. They didn't know. Like, I, did they just sign him straight up? No, it was a trade. They traded Philly oh, for him. Trade? Yeah. When Wait, they who, traded who? for him, he was in Philly. Yeah, no, I knew that. I, I just, okay, yeah, because I know they gave him a contract, whatever it was. But, I like, mean, I was stoked when they brought him in. Yeah. Because he that had was great like, great. Realized. We have a pass threat. He's great. He wants to come in and win a Super Bowl. He barely is playing. And when he's in there, you don't even notice him. Maybe, I mean, maybe... Do you let him go? Maybe you, more him money. As, maybe you use him as trade bait for something. Maybe, yeah, maybe you flurry out there Michael Bennett to, to Denver. Or maybe you flow him out there to, to rot away in Cincinnati. Let him let them pay him, and they give you A.J. Green. Like, I don't know. But do they need him? I don't think so. I don't think they do, but then you got to also... Has his name been called much? Like, I don't even... Like, I haven't paid super close attention, but, like, he was not his snap count even down? His snap, yes, his snap count is down, and you trade him to a team who is at least contending, or at least potential contenders. Because what, like, what, what need? Call what, the 49ers back up. Hey, man, um, we we did you a solid getting you your future quarterback, <laughs> George Kittle. Give me George Kittle now. <laughs> <laughs> if if the Patriots trade him, it's going to have to be for somebody who is again on a on a contending team who yep. could use that extra defending piece. If you go after a guy like Emmanuel Sanders or a guy like A.J. Green, you're going to have to give up draft picks because those teams are looking to draft and looking to rebuild at this point. Go steal uh, Jimmy Graham from the Packers. Here, you take you take Michael Bennett. We'll take Jimmy Graham. No, I don't want I don't want Jimmy Graham. That guy's washed up. I love Jimmy Graham. You kidding me, dude? Washed. Washed. He hasn't played with a real quarterback since he played with Breeze. He's with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, on the back half. <laughs> okay. Um... All right, let's roll it over now real quick. Only a couple minutes each here. Daniel Lavangi reassigned the pitching coach for the Red Sox. I know um, there was a story put out today about analytics regarding Daniel Lavangi and how that affected the, 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 the Patriots. The, the Red Sox going the way they went about this season. And it's, it, it sounds like it really screwed with Daniel Lavangi. Jared, break it down. Yeah, the sum of that whole article and – Go read Alex Peer of the Boston Globe. Alex Peer of the Boston Globe. The sum of it basically was saying that the Red Sox are want to change their model because they don't believe their current model can get them to win. And this is what in the in the advanced analytics told them this. Well, which the model, we know Alex Cora came in here with you, because exactly. that's what they did in Houston. Exactly. When he was the bench coach. Now remember, Nick, the same model of what the analytics are telling you isn't working is what telling you the pitching was the problem and that Daniel Lavangi is no longer the pitching coach for four is the same model that only a year ago the Patriots were relying on. Red Sox. Red Sox, I did the same thing. We just, we just talked Patriots for, for like minutes, way so too long. It's stuck in our heads. That the Red Sox did a year ago that they won 108 games, relied on those analytics, Daniel Lavangi was your pitching coach, and you won a World Series. What's going on here? Like, it doesn't work. They're claiming the model doesn't work. Because of the analytics. But the same model just won you a World Series a year ago. And they're trying to basically say that it wasn't the starting pitching. 
It wasn't the fact that three your, your top three guys, the two guys you're paying basically the Rays payroll to, didn't pitch well this year. But it wasn't that. It was just the analytics. We want to change our model. Like even, what? Even anal- like, like what? The, the fact that they Gross. just allowed analytics to just take over this decision is crazy. Because I haven't really thought too much of an opinion on the on the the reassignment of Daniel Evangi moving over to the pro scouting position. So he's still with the team and he's been in this position before. Um, but if I'm I, him, I'm out. I, I leave. I, I, I've been with the Red Sox forever if you're Daniel Evangi, but get out. Go pay, go be a pitching. Someone will hire you as a pitching coach. It's crazy to me that the, so one year and the granted, the pitching wasn't great. The, the starting pitching was fine in 2018 when they won the World Series. The bullpen blew out expectations, but all of a sudden, you win the World Series, and then based off the pitching in the postseason, by the way, the pitching is what stepped up in the postseason. That's what won you the World Series. That's what got you through the playoffs, except for your closer, uh, who was a heart attack every night. The, but in the 2019, when you struggle one year, you dump him? One year of a bad season? More it took on John it. Farrell three bad seasons. Yeah, it took you guys a lot more, but a lot less, to fire John Farrell. I just don't I don't agree with the decision. And I wonder if Alex Cora agrees with the decision because you you got rid of you got you got rid of his pitching coach after a bad year. Yeah, no, this whole process is weird. Um I and have, and I, and I have I think a, a bad feeling that John Henry's dipping his toe too much. Oh, well he Red said Sox he wanted to. He said I wanted and to be more. I don't like it. Which is terrible. Like stay the fuck away. <laughs> like hire the next guy to run the team and go away. Go back to Liverpool. Go hang out with your precious football club. And stay away from the Red Sox. Maybe sell the team while you're at it. Because this is getting ridiculous. He won't, oh, now, he, dude, he won't sell the team. No, it makes him too much money. What's his What's his wife's name? Owner Linda. of the Boston Globe, too? Linda Pesito? Linda, Linda owns this town. Linda owns that ass. He will be running the Red Sox once John Henry wants to stop. Guaranteed. Yeah. She, they'll never sell. Linda will just become the face. People, people who don't live in the area. Linda, is it Pizzuti? I think so. I don't know. Linda, 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 Linda Lucchini, Zucchini, Fofini, 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 Fofini. She runs Boston. She yeah. is Boston. She Dude, is Boston. Linda has her toes dipped in all the waters. In all the waters. In all the waters. I just think it's crazy that they let him go. And if there's more information, once we start really talking about the Red Sox offseason, we'll get more into it. Just but look, for, look for the uh, pink slip. You'll see uh, Linda's signature on there. It's just crazy that they allowed the analytics to just dump their pitching coach Asinine. after a, after a bad season one bad Asinine. season you granted it was a you should look at it and go season. you should look at it and go okay the analytics are suggesting this isn't working it doesn't mean the human being isn't working it means the the situation we put our pitchers in isn't working let's use the guy who knows what he's doing as the pitching coach to help change that and and granted he didn't like did this did, the, anal- his did the analytics come in Nick and go Nope, Dino Lavangi can't play pitching coach anymore. Please fire him now. Meh, Linda, we love you. Meh. Like, is that what the analytics said? Linda, the, all hail, Linda, fire Dino Lavangi. Meh. I did, did. Analytics. So it's a, it's like. a scary, it's a scary thing knowing that it just took one bad season. Granted, it was a horrible season for the pitching. The pitching is the sole reason why you're not in the postseason right now. The... It's a scary thing knowing that after one year, they just dumped Dana Levangi like that. They have somebody in the pipeline. Fine. I want to see who it is. I want to see how they perform as the pitching coach. But I just, 
getting at getting dumping him after that one year is a tough look. All Let's right. Let's go, Red Sox. Let's go, Red Sox. <laughs> Bruins, hot start. Bruins three and oh. They look great. Oof. Main concern, and we talked about this with Evan uh Marinovsky last week, CLNS Media. My main concern with the Bruins to start the season was obviously they lost game seven last year. Your big concern is that they're going to come into this year and start off flat, start off slow, have that that post-Stanley Cup hangover, and they've come out hot. The perfection line looks like the perfection line again. Tuka Rask is playing very solid. He went That's, down yesterday, blamed it on the heat of Las Vegas. Nick, they're motivated. They're motivated. They look good. The same. This is, this is the one major benefit of bringing back most of the same group when you do lose or even win, but like really when you lose, you're motivated. You just lost game seven in your own building. The best thing that could have happened for this team has happened. They started the game on the road. They started the season on the road. They have a massive road trip to start the season. They're not at the Garden where they lost that game seven. They're now 3-0. They're with playing the tiny well ass seats. With the tiny ass seats, which I'm not looking forward to going to. And They look horrible. They, I, I think they look cool from afar. Looks, uh, I, I, see, I see I, unpopular opinion from this entire podcast then. The black well, seats are better than yellow. Oh, black seats are fire. Because now, one, I'm a Celtics guy. It makes the Celtics games look better. But also, it just the yellow seats look like puke. They were garbage. <laughs> Looked like someone puked all over the garden. I mean, the Bruins did, game seven. But like besides them, all the time. <laughs> Looks like someone puked all over the garden. The Bruins not being there has helped them dividends. They're going to come back for their home opener on Saturday. They're going to blow the arena building off this t- the roof off that building. It's going to be nuts. It's going to feel like game seven in that building on Saturday. Going back to what you said about bringing back the same group. It's a team that last year it was, it was very well noted that they, the team got along very well. They loved each other. Uh, there, there was a great combination. Do you bring back kids who you know are going to be perennial superstars and David Pasternak in um, Charlie McAvoy. I'm a big fan of Jake Dabrowski. You got him still. Uh, Brandon Carlo, and then you mix that in with Brad Marsh and Patrice Bergeron. Charlie Coyle. This, Charlie Coyle, who already looks very solid, looks well, great. And you have him like, what, two more years? He's a free agent. This is his contract year. Oh, I thought he had one more year. Last year when they brought him in, he had a two-year contract, they were calling uh, it. But this well, year is the final year. He wants year. to come back, right? Like, he wants to play here. Probably. He's from friggin' Weymouth. You know that? You know Charlie Coyle's from Weymouth? Proud of point of Weymouth. <laughs> Fire Dana Levangie. Linda, I love you. And then the t- <laughs> And then the team has a great goalie situation with Tuka Rask and with Yaroslav Halak. Because Halak's already proven that he can be a phenomenal backup goalie. And if Tuka Rask goes down, I feel comfortable with Halak being in net. Well, Halak broke a lot scene. last year. Yeah. Thing. Like that, the why Rask was Which so good. Which was perfect for Rask, yeah, in the playoffs. Because he wasn't worn down. He was great. It's going to be a great season for the Bruins. I mean, hell, they're on pace right now for an 82-0 season. Love it. Love to see it. Couch Guy Sports. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 100. And 28, Nick Qualier, Jared Scally, and Patrick Schofield, producer Patty P. Guys, we're going to get deeper into the season. We're going to have Patriots, we're going to have Bruins, and we are going to have the Red Sox hot stove and the Celtics, Celtics. season as we get deeper into October. Uh, Kemba Walker, Enos Cantor talk. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Enos Cantor news. Um, maybe we'll talk about that next week. Follow on all social media at Couch Guy Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then the Couch Guy Sports Podcast Twitter is out there as well. Couch Guy Podcast. Again, Nick Qualia. Oh, and rate and subscribe on iTunes, guys. Help us Always. out. Just rate Always. and subscribe. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, and producer Patty P. Guys, we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>